who are three of the most important players for the Sharks this season? We get into why William Eklund is the most important player in San Jose this year, uh, Anthony Duclair and Capo Kakinen. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, probably a part of the Locked On Network, where we cover your team every day. And we are three days a week right now, but, but starting September 18th, we are back to five days a week um the summer is almost over and training camp kicks off that week we're gonna rookie tournaments plenty of stuff to talk about so um mark your calendars september 18th back to five episodes a week um so if you want to be in every day all you have to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on youtube as well and today we're going to be looking at which three players i think are the most important to San Jose this uh, season. And this isn't to say that for team success, this is their seasons are the most important to watch uh, for San Jose for the long-term future, right? Um, you and I both know this team, this is going to be a long season for San Jose. Um, they're going to probably want to be one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NHL this year. And, but does it mean that there isn't important things to watch in this year. And we'll start with number one, William Eklund, and he why he is the most important player for the Sharks this year. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to be the best player for the Sharks, but his season is the most important for the Sharks, and it's for obvious reasons, because he is the future. The children are our future, and the future is here with William Eklund, right? Um, the Sharks have been very deliberate and slow, with his development, right? Of course, sending him back to Sweden um, his after he was drafted. Terrible season last year. We all know or that one, that season, right? Came over last year. First full season in, in um, North America where he played the majority of the season with the Barracuda. And I've discussed this before. Um, you know, we, we know that Mike Greer wants to over-ripen his prospects, make sure that when they're ready to come to the NHL, um, they're ready to go. And he spent the whole season with the Barracuda last year. If it was Doug Wilson, I'm sure he would have, William Beckler probably would have been called up around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, and probably would have spent the entire season with the Sharks. But uh, again, Mike Greer, different philosophy, um, different approach to it. And I think in the long run, it's going to pay out for, for the Sharks. Um, but his season is the most important because we want him to have um, a good full rookie season where he is supported and developed and not shuffled around, not sent back and forth to the Barracuda, not sent down to the fourth line. Um, again, we want him to – we. 
this is a big, big test for David Quinn, right? Um, one of the big reasons of him when he left, when he was fired from the Rangers, was because of the development of some of their young guys, right? Uh, Capocacco, uh, Alexei Lafnier, who, you know, again, a little bit different situation. Those guys were 18 years old getting thrown in the NHL. Um, Equin's had a couple years to develop now. But what lessons has... David Quinn learned from that and how can he apply them? And granted, small sample size last year in, in William Eklund's eight games, but Eklund played a ton of minutes and he played a ton of top line minutes with good players, right? The best way to put William Eklund in a position to succeed is to surround him with good players. Give him a strong center, Logan Gator, Tomas Hurdle. Give him somebody else who can score on that wing so it's not having to be William Eklund lift the line, right? Let William Eklund get comfortable and then start to kind of grow and develop his game as he in the NHL as he gets used to it. Um, not having to put an entire line on his back. That that's the worst thing you can do, right? Is anchor Eklund with bad players, right? Um, or guys who are not just not L, not able to kind of drive a line. We know Thomas Hurdle can drive a line. Uh, we've seen it before. Um I think Eklund, Hurdle, and then if you want to put like a Duclair, if you want to put a Zadina, if you want whoever you want to put with them, like just make sure it is a solid line. The one that you're not like a line that would start on another team. Let, let's just go with that, right? Um, where on a, a, a good team, you could see that line put together. So his season is the most important because this is going to set the foundation for the Sharks' future, right? Um, Eklund's going to be kind of that first piece when the Sharks are good again that you're going to point to. And, yes, there's plenty of guys from the 2020 draft, but none of those guys have the same ceiling as William Eklund. William Eklund is the first guy that you draft to where you can, you know, look to as a foundational piece. And then when you start to add in your, you know, Will Smith, your Quentin Musties, um, your – Macklin Celebrini's fingers crossed, whoever you're you're continuing to add, right? That these guys, again, you're not kind of going into a mess where you you can see the development path and you're putting these guys in the positions to succeed. And then so yeah, when those guys are your Will Smith, your whoever else, right? Your Quentin Musties, whoever else, your Halton is, when they're starting to work their way into the lineup, um, well. William Eklund is an established NHL player by that time, right? He is doesn't have to kind of be coddled that you'd expect for a first-year type of player, right? Um, that's every first-year player, right? Very few of them come out and become just awesome NHL players. Um, you need to put them in a, a position to succeed. And I think Eklund, that the whole season should be revolved around how do we put William Eklund in a position to succeed and develop, right? One thing to just succeed, but continue to develop, become an NHL player that you can see become a potential all-star, you know, a franchise cornerstone for your for your team um, as you develop your new core. Um, again, putting him with good players and letting him not have to worry about being, you know, sent down, sent back for every little mistake he's going to make mistakes every player makes mistakes right um is how does he respond from those mistakes and i'm not saying that william Eklund, like if if william Eklund's bad and he doesn't need to just stay in the top line just because you know 
he's William Eklund, but like, don't do the Kevin LeBanc thing where you're playing Kevin LeBanc on the fourth line just because, you know, Kevin LeBanc made a bad mistake or, and then we don't see Kevin LeBanc for six months type of, of player. And I don't think the Sharks are going to do that, right? Again, with the small sample size, William Eklund last year played a ton in the top. And I think Mike Greer knows Eklund is the first piece of this foundation that you're going to be adding um, for your new core and getting him established before you start to get all your other guys infiltrating is, is huge for the Sharks this season. And I think, I think everybody in San Jose knows how important number 72 is for the future of the Sharks and for them to become a winning competitive franchise again. Um, so yes, William Eklund's development is the most important storyline he's the most important player uh for the sharks that he is the thing we're going to be tracking the most here on locked on sharks this year is um again we've been waiting for Eklund. this is the year we're going to see we're going to be this is going to be a very very william Eklund centric podcast for the entire season so um sorry guys it's it's He's the most important piece on the Sharks right now. So um, before we get to Anthony Duclair and if he can continue to return to form and Kapokakinen's last stand, um, do need to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our good friends over at Athletic Greens. And we know how hard it is to keep up with proper nutrition. Um, I get it. You're busy. You're stuck. If you're like me, right, you're stuck in your desk all day. Uh, you're eating whatever you can. We've all got that drawer of just snacks to get you through the day, especially if you're like at two o'clock lull and you've had lunch. It's kind of settled for a little bit. You feel the blood sugar start to crash. Um, what if you could just start your day with the ultimate daily nutrition with a single scoop of AG1 and a glass of water? You can do that and absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. Help start your day right. Athletic Greens is created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and end up with a complicated supplement routine to recover. It costs them 100 bucks a day, which just isn't sustainable. So, so we created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create the optimal nutrition all for around 3 bucks a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of their immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for the first purchase. All you have to do, visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so the next very important player is Anthony Duclair. Um, so again, Duclair acquired this offseason by the Florida Panthers uh, or from the Florida Panthers for Steve Lorenz in a 2025 fifth round pick. Um, again, I know people got very upset about the fifth round pick. It's a fifth round pick three years from now or two years from now, right? Um, but Anthony Duclair, former 30-goal scorer. Um, this is going to be his uh, seventh team in 10 seasons. He has uh, unfortunately bounced around a lot, has been traded multiple times, um, but Duclair, though, the guy can score goals. Uh, and that is something that the Sharks are going to need him to do, especially after the Timo Meyer trade. There's a huge void or huge hole uh, where, where Timo Meyer, after Timo Meyer left. So, um, Anthony Duclair, though, former 30 goal scorer, 
multi 20 goal scorer. Um, I think this season he's coming back again. Remember in the, the 20 uh, off season, the 2022 torn Achilles while training six months to come back, came back last year, played 20 games with the Panthers and didn't do too much. Had nine points in those 20 games, including two goals, but kind of found his game in the playoffs last year um, for the Panthers where he scored. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. So in 20 games of the Panthers last year, he had 11 points, including four goals um, in their Stanley Cup uh, run. Duclair, going to have every opportunity to score this season, right? Um, you could argue he's probably the best Sharks best winger right now, um, right? Between him and Barabanov, it's probably Duclair. Um, I'm not going to give it to Eklund yet. Um, like the Sharks, they have a lot of wingers. Just They're all kind of about the same. So um, Anthony Duclair is the Sharks best winger at this moment. And he's entering the last year of his very affordable $3 million cap hit. Declare, who also will turn uh, 20, he just turned 28 beginning or last week. Uh, happy belated birthday, Auntie Declare. Um, he's an important because you need to figure out what you're going to do with him. And I think he could get you if so. The big thing with it with him is what do you do with him? Do you keep him? Or do you trade him? And I think Duclair, especially if he has a monster season scoring, could be the Sharks' best trade asset at the deadline. Um, you know, just kind of quickly going through it, right? You have Duclair, you have Barabanov, um, you have Mike Hoffman. You've got, like, that's pretty much kind of that reasonable guys, right? Kevin LeBanc, no, like, you're not going to be able to trade Kevin LeBanc. Oscar Lindblom, you're not going to trade Oscar Lindblom. Um, Redeem Shimmick, maybe, but not with that cap hit. And we don't even know if Redeem Shimmick. Luke Cunning, again, coming off an ACL. Um, I think Duclair is your best potential trade deadline piece because, one, he's good. Um, again, potential 20, 30 goal scorer for you. Um, he's performed in the playoffs in the past two seasons with the, the past couple seasons with the, the Florida Panthers. I mean, granted he wasn't the main guy, but you know, he's been a very solid secondary piece for them. Um, again, 11 points last year in 20 games. Like he, he would be a great second line forward on a championship caliber team who can go out there and kind of add some more scoring depth for you. Um, so do the sharks trade him, especially that $3 million cap hit end of the season. That is very easy for teams to fit in, especially LTR LTIR situation, like $3 million at, at the trade deadline is a very, very easy fit for most teams. Um, or, do you add him again, just turning 28? Um, maybe you sign him to like a four-year deal where it runs him through his age 32 season. Um, lets him, you know, again be a top six forward for you, where he can probably be a 20 to 30 goal scorer for the next foreseeable future as long as he stays healthy. Um, especially if he is kind of 
you know, shows some some chemistry with Hurdle or Couture or whoever he plays with, um, you know, he's going to like, I think he's going to be a, a huge, I think the power play is going to kind of run through him. Uh, again, not too many goal, like natural goal scorers on the Sharks. And I think um, he might kind of take that team of Meyer role for, for David Quinn as one of the few natural goal scorers that are, that's in San Jose right now. So um his return to form, but this all hinges on him returning to form and being that 20 to 30 goal scorer uh, that he has been in the past. So that that's his return to form is the second most important thing I, I'm kind of watching this season when it comes to kind of the big storylines for the year um, and what the Sharks do with him, right? Again, I think he can get your, I don't know if a first round pick, but you're maybe looking at a second round pick, uh, maybe a second in a mid tier prospect, like has a contract coming back. But if Duclair's, you know, sitting around 25 goals in beginning of February when before the trade deadline, um, teams are 1000% going to be calling on Duclair, who can again slide into their uh, second line and be a legitimate scoring threat. You know, it's we all know, um, you know, the, those playoff runs it's the stars but then who who can be those heroes and i think anthony duclair we've seen it in the past where he can kind of be one of those guys who can step up in big moments and, and help a team score so um what do the sharks do with him i think it's gonna be a huge question and again the, it all hinges on if duclair can return to form right declares a step slow he's unable to score None of this matters, and then Anthony Duclair probably becomes a free agent in the offseason, and you took a swing on a guy, and it didn't work out. But, um, again, all accounts, Duclair is healthy, right? He's going to be – this is the second year after it. Um, he's kind of maybe got all the, the the kinks out of it with last the end of last season. He played well with the Panthers in the off, uh, during the playoffs, so I think Duclair is going to walk in, and he's going to have the opportunity, uh, and I think he's going to – be a big time player for the Sharks and potentially a big time asset for them uh, this upcoming trade deadline. So uh, before we dig into Capital Kakanen's last stand, I uh, do want to thank you guys for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Again, probably a part of Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. And we'll be back to uh, five days a week here uh, starting on September 18th. So two weeks from now. Um, if you want to be an everyday, all you got to just follow along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Coming up this week, uh, we have Corey Snyder, um, a.k.a. Um, Shutdown Line. We're going to talk about kind of his defense. He had wrote an article about uh, the defenseman compass. We're going to talk about that um, and the transition game for the Sharks um, and who's going to transition the puck. So uh, great show with him coming out. That'll be coming out Tuesday night, Wednesday. And then uh, we have our state of the franchise with the Ducks. Uh, so we're going to be looking at if things are ready to kind of turn the corner in Anaheim. So make sure you guys are following wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe on YouTube as well. All right, Cabo Kakinen. This is his last stand, I think. Um, so Cabo Kakinen, of course, acquired by the Sharks way back. It feels like forever ago, um, but acquired by the Sharks uh, back in the 21-22 season uh, for one uh, Jacob Middleton um, and a fifth-round pick. 
Kapokakinen, like, it's so frustrating because he's been good until last season. Um, just going at a save percentage, right? Um, 913, 902, 912, 910, 916 in the 11 games with the Sharks. 883 last year. Uh, his save percentage, that is the only save percentage that is under 900. And that last year's was so bad, it actually lowered his career save percentage below 900. That's how bad of a season it was. Um, again, we know the Sharks team was bad. But we don't expect the Sharks team to be much better this season. And we've seen flashes of Kapokakinen being good, right? The 11-game sample back when he was acquired by the Sharks. But, like, what his his development and his if he can return to form, it'll be huge for the Sharks. Because, again, there's so many questions in goal, right? Even Mackenzie Blackwood, who kind of did the same thing, right? was really, really good in the beginning part of his career, um, and then was not. Yes, he dealt with injuries. All We, we know the Mackenzie Blackwood story, but, I mean, you don't even have to look back that far for Capo Kakinen, right? Just going back one calendar season, you know, a calendar well, one year ago, uh, turning back the calendar one year, we were talking about, you know, Capo Kakinen as, hey, could Capo Kakinen be the starter, the number one, you know, and take the claim from Jim Drymer? Um, and it all fell apart for Capo Kakinen this year. Was this a blip on the radar? Or is this Capo Kakinen? I think that is one of the most important things for this season is if Capo Kakinen can kind of make that last stand and try to be a, you know, Make a claim again. I, I still think Mackenzie Black was going to win the job out of camp, right? Uh, he was brought here by Mike Greer. Mike Greer knows Blackwood from you know their time they've worked together before, but still, Capo Kakin and you, you can again, you one year ago at this time, we were Capo Kakin in the future. Is Capo Kakin in a potential? And right, you traded Aiden Hill because you thought Capo Kakin was going to be your kind of up and coming goalie. Uh, hindsight being 2020, that was turned out to be bad. Um, but I think though with Capocac, like this, this is the year, right? He is 26, um, just turned 27. Sorry, begin middle of last month. Happy belated birthday, Capocacan. Um, I know goalies, their development can be very weird, right? Sometimes you don't see goalies start to pop until 27, 20, 29. Um, but Again, you're he is entering the last year of his deal um at one or one year left at two point seven and a half million dollars. So a little under three million dollars. Um do I think a team is going unless Capocacan is all of a sudden like a nine fifteen save percentage guy? Um if Capocacan is a nine fifteen save percentage guy would be amazing for the sharks to be honest. But um as they lose every game two to one. <laughs> But what is Kapokakinen's future, not only in San Jose, but in the NHL going forward, right? Um, does is this does he kind of turn his career around and becomes a you know a solid one B um, for a team, or is he going to be a, a team's kind of third goalie, almost like the Martin Jones route, right? Where you're 
coming to play when a guy gets injured, but you're mostly maybe an AHL guy. And I think he's too good to be that right now, especially at his age. But uh, if he's putting up another 885 save percentage season, and again, I know the defense isn't um, the greatest in front of him, but you got to make a save at some point. Right. And um, his, if, if the sharks can figure something out in that would be huge. Right. And it's been years, years um, where we have as sharks fans have been able to cling to anything in net. Um, we had the, again, we had the 11 games of capital Kakadin. Uh We had James Reimer's kind of first half of a season and it's been a lot of swings and misses for them. Um, being able to, to find something in that would do so much for this team just because it would allow you, I've, I've talked about this before, right? It would allow you to kind of to be able to properly kind of develop and see what's going on with your players in, in front of you, right? If you go back to way back when the Sharks were kind of deciding about Martin Jones, I argued they had to get rid of Martin Jones because you can't figure, if you're down 2 nothing at the start of every game, you can't play normal hockey, right? You're playing catch-up hockey the whole time, um, and you're not able to kind of develop and look at your players in a, in a proper lens because they're just they're having to do things that you wouldn't normally do in a normal hockey game just to try to get back in, into this game. Um, so I think, again, I'm not asking him to be like a top 10 goalie. If he could just be adequate, Right now, so we can see what happens with William Eklund. Um, you can let Duclair return to form. Um, you can, you know, see what you try to figure out this defense in front of you. Um, you've, you've got a lot of question marks for this team going into the season, and you just don't want to have the goalie kind of messing up your ability to assess what's going on on the team because you're down to nothing five minutes in the game every game. Um, so, but if Kapokakinen can kind of return to form that we saw his time with the, with the Wild, um, then you you can go into this offseason and re-sign him, and hopefully you feel good about your goalie going forward um, and not having to, again, go into this offseason looking for another goalie for the 1,000th straight year um, and hoping that Ichi Makanemi can continue to develop um, or if, you know, what if Ichi Makanemi gets hurt again, right? You're, there's already plenty of goalie questions for the Sharks. So being able to answer one of them um, with Kapokakin is if either he is or he isn't, uh, would be huge for the for the Sharks. So um, that's going to be it for me today. So again, three most important players this season. Uh, William Eklund is the most important player for the Sharks this year, right? Um, setting a foundation uh, of success for him, letting him to continue his development now as an NHL player. Anthony Duclair's return to form. Um, if he can be that guy that's wanting a potentially 30 goal score um, and then what you do with him that gives you options for the future right can you trade him uh, do you want to add him keep him you know maybe to a three to four year deal uh where he can be a piece for you going forward kind of almost like the bear banoff type of, of situation and then capocacadin just what is capocacadin at this point is he can he be a solid one be um part of a, a starting tandem or was what we saw in the 2011-2022 season just a mirage and Kapokakinen is 
destined to go play somewhere else where he'll probably turn around because that's those sharks. Um, so that's going to be it for me today. Uh, we'll be back again. Corey Schneider is going to be talking about, uh, we're going to talk about defensemen, uh, a lot of Eric Carlson talk, going to be talking about who's going to do the transition work now that Eric Carlson is gone. Uh, it's a really fun conversation with him. And then later on, we have state of the franchise with the ducks. If they're ready to kind of, uh, as they say, this is a very, very fun line of the line. Take the re out of rebuild. And if they're ready, just to start building up now. So uh, make sure, again, you guys are following wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Threads at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter and Threads at MyFryHole. Until next time. Bye, friends.